Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, Young Blonde Suburban. I'm your host, Caitlin Files. I'm a young, white, female-identifying lawyer who lives in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, outside of Philly. This podcast runs as a sister show to Young Black Suburban, hosted by Tim Witherspoon Jr. The Young Suburban podcast hosts guests to engage in conversation about their different life journeys and perspectives. My show, Young Blonde, has a special focus on badass babes out there doing the damn thing. So welcome and thank you for tuning in. Let's jump into today's episode. All right, everyone, welcome back. Hi, Najaya. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you so much for being on here. And Najaya Allen is your full name, correct? Yes. Well, thanks for being guest today on Young Blonde Suburban. I'm very excited to have you. Thank you. So I wanted to have you on because you're doing something pretty awesome in Philadelphia. So I wanted to talk about your project and um, the organization that you've started, as well as your journey to get to where you are today. Um, You're young. Well, I just turned 25 two weeks ago. You're so young. I love it. You're doing so much already. So young. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Um, So originally I'm from Philadelphia, but I live in Montgomery County, Willow Grove. Currently? Yeah. What part of Philly did you grow up in? North Philly, North Philadelphia. So near like, um, like six semester, Thompson Street, like in the lower, like North Philadelphia area. Okay. And we actually connected through Instagram, just, I think, yeah, I think my firm posted something about being anti-racist and wanting to live in an anti-racist world and you like liked it or something. And I was like, Oh, yeah. I'm going to talk to her. Yeah. I reacted to it. Like, I think with like the clapping hands or <laughs> something like in agreement to it. Yeah. And it's, you know, sometimes you see organizations on the social media platforms, but they're not actually engaging and so when you actually like engaged back and forth, I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to message her and see what's up. And yeah, talking to you was really awesome to hear about your story um, and awesome about what you want to do. So tell us about, um, let's talk about what you want to do in Phil, like what you're doing with Saving Grace for Girls. Okay. Um, Saving Grace for Girls is an organization that I've been wanting to do like years ago, but life happens so I never really kind of like took that leap of faith to do it but it's an organization that I started for girls who is similar to me in my background like at risk at risk youth adolescent girls ages 12 to 18 that's like on your own or don't like live you know your typical lifestyle with mom dad in the home or parent that's stable and things like that like these are kids that is in the foster care system or runaways at risk youth you know have been abused traumatized like anything like that that's why I built the organization so that they can kind of have like a safe zone and what really pushed me to like go full throttle with it was when COVID happened because it's like now they don't have that safe zone I used to work in the um, mental health field with girls just like that they had like mental health and behavioral disabilities and I was their safe zone like I was able to create um a program similar to this but within the school setting where I would meet with them every Tuesday and Thursday in the school library during their lunchtime and we would like talk about different topics like we'll talk about things like self-esteem or we'll talk about um peer pressure relationships safe sex um how to stay focused in school how to like get through like their life struggles and things because a lot of times people don't really 
feel like kids or younger younger children have reasons to be stressed or reasons to feel the way they do because it's like you're a child you don't have no responsibilities but all in all they go through things too like in the generation like that we're in right now it's totally different from even when I was younger and I'm not that old this social media has like really taken a toll on them and a lot of kids are being like cyber bullied or peer pressured to believe that you know they have to be a certain way do certain things or um live a certain lifestyle and I just wanted to create that safe zone for them to really push them to their full potential because they already counted out by being in a situation that they are like, you know, being less fortunate or being a child who has anger problems, a teen mom, things like that. People are going to look at them as if like, you're not going to be anything. You're just going to fall right into the statistics and be yeah. nothing. So and I created an organization to like really push them through that. And this is something you mentioned that you have a background in you right. grew up in foster care. No, I didn't grow up in foster care, but I've been on my own since I was about I would say 14 is when I got my first job. I got my first summer job and I was still at home with my mom, but I was really independent. So by the age of 15 was when um, I moved out. Like it was, it just wasn't seeing eye. And it was a situation where my brother had died in the house that we were living in. So something happened with the landlord, I believe. And then she just didn't want to stay at the house anymore. So she literally just set me down on the bed and was like, I'm getting older and I'm going into this senior citizen home. Like you're going to have to find somewhere to go. And it's like, at 15, what do you say to that? Like, I don't have nothing. Yeah. I'm only years old. So I went and stayed with one of my friends that I didn't even know that long. That's still like my best friend to this day. We we're really close. And she was in a similar situation as well, but she was still home with her mom. But her mom was not like, active and things like that she was independent as well and um I ended up staying with her for a few months while we were still in high school together but that situation didn't work out that long because I was paying her mom rent because I was working but it was like I was working at like a breakfast store McDonald's you know little jobs like making little money but I still was responsible so I knew like I didn't want to stay in this lady's house for free so I would pay her what I can every month and I'm thinking she's putting it towards her bills but the whole time I don't know what she was doing with the money because by the time I turned 16 she told me and my friend like y'all have to find somewhere to go because I'm getting evicted Wow. So, <laughs> and and you're in high school. Through, uh, I mean, you're, you're still in school. High school. Yeah. You're going through high school and you're working a job. You're paying rent and two jobs. you were working two jobs and, and you didn't have the family support at home. No. And then you get kicked out of where you had found the safe space to be. Yes. Okay. And she, she told us that she was getting evicted and she decided to like start all over again in Atlanta, Georgia with some man so me and my friend was literally on our own and she was just like you know let's let's move together but that didn't work out because she's was already in the foster care system before so she was still kind of acquainted with some of the people who helped her and they was able to get her placed in a home um like independent living type of thing and they paid like her rent for free and everything so I couldn't go with her so I was just on my own so what I did was um hmm you were 16 at the time 16 at the time yep so I went and started looking on Craigslist and like the um you know little websites to look for like the student rooms but they required you to be 18 so I did find a landlord and I lied and I told him that I was 18, but I had like my rent money up front, like I was saving and, and I paid him six months up front for the room. I think the room at the time was like three, 
five. So I paid him six months in advance. So he kind of thought like, okay, she really 18 because what 16 year old is going to be this responsible but over over time like he found out that I was lying but I was already a good tenant and he I explained to him why I did it and he just let me stay he was actually like encouraging me to stay longer but I already had plans to go you know off to college and whatever so I stayed there from 16 until I was finished with high school at 18. Okay and then you just mentioned college you went on to college? Yes so um very impressive my 12th grade year, I already had like a lot of credit. So I only had two classes once I got to 12th grade. So I was done for the day at like 1030. So I would leave school at 1030 and go straight to work like from 11 to like eight o'clock at night. And um, I applied for one college because I told myself if I don't get into this college, I'm just going to keep working because it's like, that's all I knew. When you have a, a lifestyle that you're living in survival mode, you don't think like you're going to college and you're going to live the lifestyle that every that every fortunate kid lives. Like college now, I feel like is a popular thing. Everybody wants to go to college now. But at that time, that was something that was looked at for like, you know, the rich people or the people with parents. Privilege. Background. Yeah. yeah, the privileged kids. So it's like, I was just like, I'm going to just apply to this one college and I'm, if I don't get in, I'm just going to keep working because that's really where I wanted to go, which was Penn State University. And I applied, my school counselor, like helped me apply and everything uh, with my FAFSA and things. And then when I got my offer letter, like I cried so bad because I just couldn't believe that I got in and I knew that this was like my way out. Like, oh my God, like my troubles is about to come to an end because I'm going to be in a different, like, you know, environment and things like that so that's amazing I mean it's such an impressive story because you had to get all of this strength and resiliency from yourself it doesn't sound like you really had a support system um no and the thing is my family ended up showing up at my high school graduation like from the time I left home with my mom up until the time I graduated, I was not talking to nobody. I was literally like out here, just me and my best friend. Like it was just us. I didn't really have a lot of people that I was talking to and things like that because we had our own issues going on and I just was over it. Like I had to get my life together at 16. So yeah, they showed up at my high school graduation with like flowers and telling me like, you know how proud they were because I was the first one to graduate high school. So I forgave them and I kind of like, you know, accepted the gifts and things, but it still was like, I'm still starting a whole new life now and y'all really not going to see me, but it was what it was. I was just happy to be able to get away. I mean, I have to tell you from someone who grew up with privilege, when I was 16, I, I was not doing anything close to what you were capable of doing on your own. And I think most kids with privilege would actually be astounded with the amount of strength and maturity you had at the age of 16. Um, And it's just something that when you're living in a privileged bubble, which I live in, I grew up in Bucks County, a very privileged area. You don't see it. Yeah. You don't see what you don't. Because I live up here now and it's like my daughter goes to school in Bucks County. She goes to school Southampton, PA. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all of my family always be like, you know, like she's going to be able to blend well with both sides because she has me who I've experienced the rough patch and she's going to experience that privilege side. So that's good. But it's like seeing that I never had that. So I'm glad that like she can grow up and have that. And even in college, like I knew that I was in a better environment and headed to a better path in life. 
but it still wasn't your typical lifestyle. Like my my friends that I met in college would call their parents like, hey, I'm using your credit card today. We're going to the mall. We're doing this. We're doing it. I still had to work. I had to pay for my books. I had to pay for um, my expenses. Like I had to I learned how to drive before I went to college. So I had to save up my refund checks to buy my first car because nobody was taking me back and forth. When I come home in the summer, I had to pay for rooms to stay from August until the next semester started or whenever the semester was over, like for the summer, I had to like pay to come home for the yeah. summer and I would have to pay for those rooms. Nobody was there to drive me back and forth to state college to Philadelphia. So it's like, it still wasn't, it was a very good experience, but it still wasn't how I am going to allow my child to experience it. Like she's not going to have to be forced to work two jobs while being in college. Cause it's not easy. Like Penn State is not an easy um college at all like it's a very rigorous university so you have to be focused as well as being responsible so it's like I never really got that break yeah no it's it's so impressive you got in Penn State's a hard school to get into especially Penn it State is Maine. everybody <laughs> to be like you go to Maine like or you yeah. go to the first like, part Maine campus like yeah that's it's very impressive to get into Penn State Maine and I think people from this area recognize how impressive that is um, yeah so that's awesome. What'd you study when you were at Penn State? Um, psychology. Okay. All right. And then you were there four years? Yeah. Well, three years and I came home and I finished online. Okay. Just recently? Yes. Well, congratulations. Are you officially Thank a grad? That's awesome. Yeah. I went back to Penn State. I'm in school right now. So I'm majoring back in Penn State as well for their master's program. You're in a master's program? Yeah. That's so, so I'm, great. What are you like, studying? I don't know. Um, it's clinical psychology, but I kind of want to branch off into something else, but I really haven't like figured it out yet. So okay. I talk like my um, academic advisors and things like that to assist me. I'm still trying to like figure it out. Okay. Well, that's cool. Well, tell me about you came back to Philly. When did you start saving grace? Um, so I started saving grace, I would say around October. That's when I had maybe September and then October is when I had my first little um, sponsored event. I had a baby drive for like uh, mothers in need and I was cleaning out my daughter's room and she had like a bunch of clothes and stuff and I wanted to donate it to a shelter, but none of the shelters at the time was accepting it because of COVID. So I, um, I was like, well, what can I do? And I was like, well, maybe I can get people together to like donate clothes and we can give to moms in need because during COVID, it took a really, like a really big toll on some people. So I was like, I know that a lot of people can utilize this stuff because a lot of her stuff was brand new with tags that she never even wore. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want it to just go to waste or I definitely wasn't going to throw it out. And I didn't have anybody to donate it to personally. So I just gathered like a bunch of people in my community and everybody I know to donate clothes, shoes, and some of the stuff I will bring new like as far as bottles pacifiers wipes pampers things that like you know babies need that really should not be passed down like you shouldn't pass down a bottle and stuff right. so I I bought those brand new and I had it at someone I know her event space I had it there and like a bunch of moms came out and gave them away all the clothes and I and for the teen girls that came because I went to like teen shelters and youth group homes to like pass out the flyers and stuff they came and I allowed them to like win prizes so one of them won like a um have dinner with me at your restaurant of your choice somebody won a facial somebody won um driving lessons just things that will really like benefit them so 
it was really nice and I and I'm going to keep doing it like this summer I'm going to make it like a yearly thing an annual thing that was the first one in October last year this year I'll probably do it like the end of the summer or something like that so you had been working with girls before the fall before COVID hit weren't you mm -hmm. yeah where were you working with them these were girls that I kind of knew personally, like that I grew up with, like younger girls that ended up in the system and things like that. And it wasn't really like a am working with you because I have an organization type thing. It was like I'm working with you because I see me and you and I want you to know that even with even if you don't have nobody, you can still do it. So that's what pushed me to start bigger. Like, OK, now I can help more girls because I see the effects that I'm having on these girls, because honestly, I didn't feel like I was doing much. I just felt like I was doing basic stuff but when they started expressing to me like you are like everything to my life and you're really important and I'm really grateful and I'm like wow like this is actually what I needed at that age because when I be doing stuff I don't feel like it's big because I just feel like okay it's, it's not I did it so it's nothing but in all reality it's everything to them so it's big I think it's really important that you're doing it even something that seems little to you you're showing up and showing these girls who are going through what you went through that you made it and you did it and you did it basically on your own. And especially mm-hmm. girls who may not have had or may not have that strength and maturity that you just innately had to see. And that's what I'm saying. Because now I feel like it's really, it's harder to do the things that I've done. Now you can't even get a room without credit. Like you can't even, rooms is renting for apartment prices now. They're not 375 how they were when I was on my own. I've seen a room for $800 and I'm like, really? That's a whole one bedroom apartment. Like they're checking credit. They want pay stubs. They want everything. So it's like, they really put a strain on a lot of things. And those type of girls, like they don't, what is credit? They don't know what that is. They're not even old enough to establish credit. They don't have anybody to co-sign. Like they're not responsible enough to be on their own. These jobs is not paying enough for them to even support themselves. So like everything is different. So it's a little harder now. And the things that you're put, I mean, you're very active on Instagram and I'm following everything you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but even things you're doing that, I wouldn't even think of like you were sponsoring those driving lessons. And it's, I would think that kids don't have someone at home to teach them how to drive and they need to learn. Um, Yeah. So the little things you're doing are going to have big impact in the long run on these girls who are participating. How many girls do you have like working with you in the organization? Um, so now I would say it's about like 15 girls consistently. Like I'll have girls reaching out to me, but they may be from other places. Like the one girl I sponsored for the hundred dollar giveaway, she's all the way from California, but now she's kind of like acquainted too. Like she wants to be involved and I try to do as much as I can for her as well. But being as though we're like on two different sides of the world, it's kind of hard. So we, I do what I can for her. But as far as the girls here, like once I help them, they'll spread the word to their friends because most times they have friends that's just like them. Like they don't have friends that's privileged or whatever. They're just like them. So it's like, they'll contact me and be like, Hey, my friend wants to do this. Or my friend wants to get in touch with you. She needs your help with this. So it just keeps growing and growing. But my ultimate goal is to have transitional housing, uh, like a group home for them to have some place to call home versus me just meeting up with them and doing what I can for them. So I'm in the process of that now, like getting the paperwork done and finding the building, you know, becoming a nonprofit, but that's really like a, a tedious um, 
progress. So until then, I just do what I can for them. I mean, it's a huge undertaking to open up something like that. It's awesome. Yeah, you got to have a whole team for that. And like everything is me. Like I don't, I do everything out of pocket. Like every, I don't get donations or things. Like I would love to, but I haven't really expanded that big yet. Mm-hmm. So I just do everything that I can for them now on my own. And it's something where... I don't think everyone realizes that how neat it is. Um, just hearing that you have 15 girls alone in Philly mm-hmm. area and you probably still have so many more yet to so read. Many more. And it makes me sad that I can't help them all. Cause I'd be like, okay, like I'm going to help you, but like, you got to hold on. Cause like, it's just me. So I'll be having them like have to wait a little bit or I'll just do something little, but I want to help all of them. Like, and right now in COVID you're having, I think you, what do you do weekly, like zoom meetings with them? Yeah. So I started that I'm going to do like weekly zoom meetings because they all can't, they don't have a transportation to like get to me or us meet up and things like that. So I said that we'll have like a, um, a weekly zoom meeting where we'll just talk about different stuff, topics of their choice. So they can have their safe zone. They can meet other girls that's like them. So they can know that they're not alone and we can just communicate and make sure like, you know, to check in with their mental health, keep them focused with school. Because I know with the virtual learning, like a lot of them tell me it's hard for me to stay focused. I always ask them like, how are your grades? Especially my girls that's in 11th grade, because it's like, this is a crucial year where you have to start thinking about college or whatever else you want to do with your life. So I'll be telling them like, you know, you got to focus and things, but it's easier to just tell somebody to focus versus helping them understand why they need to focus. Like I can tell them all day long, you need to focus, but if it's something that they're not getting or something that's hindering them, then that has to be dealt with. Yeah. And just creating that. And also I told you like a lot of girls reach out that's not in Philadelphia. So that gives them opportunity to still, you know, be in a loop of things. And to like feel that support just as exactly. girls. I mean, exactly. they go through a lot and they do. It's very tough. And when you feel like you're alone or struggling, it's nice to just have a weekly Zoom you can jump on to see yeah. the, the girls that you can talk to. Right. Because it's like, even though I didn't have the easiest life, some of them, their lifestyles is, kind of, is worse than mine. Like they go through even more stuff, like sexual abuse and things. Like, thank God I didn't go through that. Like I had a rough life, but they go through things that really like is, is heartbreaking. So they need that support and they need that guidance because half of them are like still in that environment where it's happening. And it's like, what do they do? It's so awesome that you, you left to go to college and you're coming back and helping out girls who are going through the same thing. Yeah. Worse that you went through um, and just trying to help them yeah transitional home is gonna take a lot where like when when do you hope to open that up <laughs> my goal is like next year so okay. if I get, okay. yeah like if I get started on it now my goal is to like have the building next year because I'm also into real estate but like the properties that I purchase is for flips quick flips and things like that and like I'm starting to get into Airbnb but one of those properties I can use for them like I can get like a triplex or a duplex where maybe the top part could be for them and then the bottom part could be for something else so I'll just be implementing different plans to to get there like but I know that it's going to happen. I'm just trying to make sure that everything is planned out strategically because I want to do it right for them. That's smart. That's a good way to do mm-hmm. it. Is this all your side hustle? Are you doing this full time or it's your mm-hmm. full time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's awesome. I love it. Thank you. <laughs>
So how do you find the girls? Are they getting referred from other girls? Yeah, like, so most of them are getting referred. Um, some of them I find when I, like, do my sponsors on, um, like, the ads that I run on Instagram, Facebook. Sometimes I'll just walk around and just, like, go to the youth shelters and see, like, hey, can I talk to them? Or could you give out this flyer? Could you tell them about this, what I got going on? So it'd be, like, word of mouth and maybe from the other girls or other people who knows what I'm doing, who really, like, supports it and really, like, encourages me and pushes me to keep doing it because they understand that this is a necessity. So, yeah, it's like word of mouth. What's going to be the best way for people to help you? Is it going to be getting donations once the transitional home is going? Yeah, I would say, yeah, I would say that because I always constantly come up with ideas of what I want to do for them. Like I want to do things like take them to different colleges to do like a college tour. I told you about the group night, the, um, the girl over that I want to do. They're going to need things for that because I want them to be able to like, have a weekend that's for them like get their nails done their toes or like we can even have a spa day where we do each other's like some of my girls want to do hair when they get out of college or they want to do hair now so like I told them I would let them practice on the other girls if they're up to it like the movie theaters is not really open and I try to see like places they never been where I can take them like maybe New York and like to see other things because when you just used to seeing Philadelphia and nine times out of ten they're not in the counties like us they're in Philadelphia like they see a lot of stuff that they should not be exposed to that's all they're not that's all they know they're stigmatized to that like yeah. they don't see no other way out and and I was like that until I went to Penn State I start seeing a better life and I was like I want more and now that I travel it's like I don't even want to come back to Philadelphia like sometimes <laughs> because it's totally different they don't have that yet they've never been anywhere they don't know nothing all they know is get up and see the same thing do the same thing and the people around them is doing it too so I just want to give them something different. So for the girls night, um, I'm definitely going to need donations for that. I will even take donations for the driving lessons because originally I was going to do two girls, but so many like girls reached out and was interested. And it's like, it's really a necessity for them to have their permit and learn how to drive. So I want to do that too. It's just be a lot of stuff that I'd be wanting to do. So I would feel like, yeah, donations and like word of mouth and whatever you can like contribute would definitely help out a lot. Yeah. I mean, you're hustling a ton. You have a lot of awesome ideas for these girls. I love it. Um, and we already met with uh, Jenna, who was actually on the podcast yeah. uh, two weeks ago and talking about getting involved. So we're going to do everything we can to keep promoting you, keep you going. Yeah, because it's awesome. Oh my gosh, happy to help. Yes, I was so happy when you messaged me because I was like, like, I don't want it to be like a thing where it's like, oh, like this is just for black people. Like, I don't want it to be like that because it's it's white girls and Hispanic yeah. and the races who still go through the same thing. Yeah. But they see me now, like, and they probably be like, well, she can't relate to me. Like a lot of my girls tell me that, like in the beginning, I didn't think like you've been through nothing because they see the now, like they see the nice cars, they see the nice clothes. They see like, oh, she's helping us. So she don't really understand our struggles anyway. So we're not going to open up. So you got to build that rapport with them and really pour into them and let them know, like, this was me too. Like, you got to let them know that because they don't be thinking it. They see me and think I have it all together. Like, oh, you went to college. You did this. You did it. Like, you don't understand what I'm going through. And it's like, I do because I was you at one point. So it's true. It's true. And like little girls do need to see that. They really do need to be connected with, especially when mm-hmm. they're going through it and they think no one else understands. No one else. Yeah. 
That's true. Like I have one of my girls, like she talks to me all the time. And like, she wrote me like this long message and was just like, I tell you things that I can't even talk to my mom about. Like, I don't talk to nobody. Like when something happens, like you're the first person I call. And I'm like, wow, like that's what keeps me going. Cause sometimes I just, I can get sidetracked with life or doing other things. And they'll like bring me back. Like, okay, this, I have to continue to do this because they need me. Like yeah. they really do need that support. That's so awesome. I love what you're doing. I'm so happy you were here with us today. Me too. I know. I can't wait to promote this. Um, Najee, yeah. we always close the episode with asking a question of everyone. So what brings you joy? Um, what brings me joy in the self-awarding feeling is being able to help someone who is going through something. Like, even if it's having a bad day, like the whole month of March, I dedicated myself to um doing something to make another person's day like I would pay for the person food behind me every Friday I would pay for the person's food behind me wherever I stop so I go to Starbucks a lot so I'll just pay for their food and like one day this guy like he had to catch up to me in traffic because my music was blessed and I was having a whole concert in the car <laughs> but he was like so happy no, he was, <laughs> yes he was so happy that like I did that he thanked me he tried to like um give me the money back and stuff but I was like no so I just would say what brings me joy is is making other people happy, specifically youth girls, though, because like youth girls, that was like me, because it's so easy to just constantly feel down when you're going through so much. So that's really what brings me joy is making other people feel happy and motivating them and speaking life into them, making them feel like, OK, I have one more day of, of fighting, like another fighting chance. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. That was so beautiful. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being here today, Najaya. And I hope Saving Grace for Girls really takes off and we'll be together a lot in the future. Yes, thank you. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Have a good one. All right, see you, Najaya. the power of social media. Uh, she is out there doing awesome things. I loved when she talked. I mean, as a female, I remember what it was like being a teenage girl. And as I said on the show, I do come from a place of privilege. Um, so I didn't experience a lot of the difficulties that Najea went through. But in general, young girls do experience a lot of pressure. Um, young kids too. Young boys do as well. And I think she was spot on when she said that most adults dismiss kids as if they don't have real stressors or real problems. And it's really hard to watch a child go through something and get dismissed by an adult um, as if it doesn't really matter. So what she's doing, which is recognizing them and seeing them, a lot of kids just need to be seen. And what she's providing for them is so, so awesome. And Najaya herself, I mean, she is resilient. I think I saw a meme one time that said, um, you know, privilege is when the person next to you doesn't have privilege, has all of these hurdles in their way while you're trying to complete the same race and you don't have the hurdles in front of you. And you can see that with Najaya's story. She got through everything. I mean, unbelievably from the age of 14 on and accomplished what most kids with privilege are just handed to them. And she did it despite all of the obstacles that were put in her way. And I think her story is a perfect one to actually see um, 
kids who come from privilege to see what someone who is the same age as you went through to get to where you are today when you were just kind of handed everything with a support system, with money, um, with a family life and home that uh, a lot of kids don't have out there. I also love that she, with her saving grace for girls, she mentioned this near the end, is that it's not just for young black girls or young girls that look like her. She said it was for any any young girl who is struggling. And it's that inclusivity and reaching across race lines that's so important for our world <laughs> to be a better place that we recognize that we are all the same, no matter what we look like, and we all need help. I love that she is spreading grace and goodness by being just such a positive force. She's acting as a support, a role model for any girl who needs it. Um, we need more people like Najee out there. I'm so happy to have met her and so proud of what she's doing. And I hope if anyone hears this and want to get out and get involved with her, it's Saving Grace for Girls. You can find her on Instagram. She's very active. She's constantly posting things for her young girls to get involved in. She's asking for donations and for support, providing basic things for them like driving lessons. Um, which again, growing up, I didn't have to think twice about driving lessons, but uh, a lot of kids don't have that access. So look her up on Instagram, go support her and everyone should spread a little grace and goodness today, just like Najaya does. So thanks for listening and we will catch you next time on the next show. Have a good moment.